Welcome to The Leadership Guide, the show that takes you from peak performer to legendary leader by helping you unlock your heroic potential to emerge into who you are meant to be. This show is not your typical show on leadership. We have real, raw, unplanned, and unedited conversations with individuals from a wide variety of industries and expertise to get into the reality of what leadership actually looks like in the world not just theories that you read about in books. We leave the conversation unedited because leadership is not about perfection. And because this show is unplanned, you get unique insights and you get to see a side of these individuals that they don't share usually anywhere else. On today's episode, we have a conversation with Tony Kaufman, author of Act Two, Your Show Must Go On, and founder of KDDM Inc., who's actually one of our sponsors. And we discuss the chameleon effect that can literally allow you to dine with princes and dance with presidents where you need to start the first key that leads to success in entrepreneurship and leadership. And we take a look back at 2019 and look forward to 2020, a year of clarity. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, founder of The Leadership Guide, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council and finalist for the Extraordinary Award for coaches with ideas that can change people, businesses, and the world for the better for my ideas on leadership. We are sponsored by KDDM Inc., your one-stop shop for growing your business. If you're an entrepreneur, you'll want to meet my friend Tony Kaufman and her team at KDDM Inc. to help you clarify your message, get seen, get heard, and get sales because most entrepreneurs get stuck in the digital and social media world and don't know how to stop losing money and leads. KDDM Inc. is a world-class digital marketing agency that offers professional video production, amazing US-based virtual assistants, and brings the best tools and resources in the industry for entrepreneurs with their done-for-you and done-with-you solutions. Thanks to KDDM Inc., more entrepreneurs are reaching their heroic potential. If you would like to be a proud sponsor of the Leadership Guide show, please go to www.theleadership.guide and fill out the contact us form and we'll get in contact with you shortly. And don't forget, stay tuned to the end of the episode to discover how to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders with the goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofit causes which are currently looking to impact the world and make it better for future generations. Now, onto the show. Hey, Tony, how are you doing today? Super cool, Cody. How about yourself? <laughs> oh, I am living life and I am loving life. Things are good, Tony. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you today because you are absolutely wonderful and I always have so much fun with you. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. Well, you know, um, I've been, I've been uh, wishing people Happy New Year and, and just the fact, um, uh, you know, there, I don't know if this is just my mom, but she used to say that the end of the year of, of the past year will always make sure that those who are not meant to hit the next year will be gone. 
And, uh, and I've saw, I've seen that. It's so weird. I saw it last year with so many of people's pets. I mean, for some reason, I mean, there must've been like six or seven pets that didn't make it to 2020. And, and of course there's been two or three people. And, and I guess I'm seeing this now because I'm going to, I'm, I'm on the 65th year this year. So I'm going to be <laughs> just the fact that I made it to 2020 is a, uh, is a blessing. So Happy New Year for everybody, and we made it to 2020. Let's make the best of it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think this this not just this next year, but I think this next decade is going to bring a bring across a whole bunch of really interesting and exciting things. I'm really really looking forward to seeing what's coming up here. It's so true. And if you go back to the old sci-fi movies, you know, it's so funny because most of them happened in 2020 or 2025, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you start looking and you're like, sheesh, the world doesn't look anything like that today. <laughs> oh, yeah, where's my flying cars? I'm still waiting for Blade Runner. Come on. <laughs> I'm waiting for the hoverboards from Back to the Future. <laughs> Boy, that's talking about a quick way to kill yourself. <laughs> hey, hey, not all of us are looking to kill ourselves just to get some scars and bruises, okay? <laughs> You know, what a, I had a friend of mine who said, told me one time we were rooming at, a, at an event. Because every time I go to these events, I always find roommates because I figure they're a blessing from God and I'm going to learn something from them. And I've had over the past three years some amazing roommates. And, uh, um, and it's so funny. One of them said, um, you know, look at me. This is my body. I'm over 60. I've got franken booby here. I've got scars here. I've got scars here. I've got scars here. This one's when I played football in high school <laughs> on the grass, you know, and, and, and you kind of sit there and do the, uh, the, the, the captain scene out of Jaws where you're comparing scars to one another, right? <laughs> and, and what it really means is that we have lived. If you have no scars, you haven't lived. You need to go out and get some scars. <laughs> I'm 100% in agreement with you. I've got I've got quite a few scars myself. Actually, this past year, I just got another scar, um, which which was actually pretty interesting. Um, I was uh, I I went to do a Spartan trifecta this year, uh, this past oh, wow. year, 2019 which basically consists of three different races. You have a sprint, which is three miles, 20 obstacles. You have a super, which is eight miles, 25 obstacles. And you have the, uh, the, the, the beast is the third one, which is 13 miles and 30 plus obstacles. And oh it was God. during the beast where I, when, when I start to get on a hill, like a downhill, I don't have a stop. Like I just do a full stride down the hill and uh, this hill was pretty rocky. And so at the bottom of the hill, there's basically a 90 degree turn. I went to make the turn, but I kept going down the hill <laughs> and I went crashing down and I got this nice scar on my shin from it. Oh, so, is this in Austin? Uh, it's all over the world actually that they do these races. Oh, that wow. race where I got the scar was actually in Dallas, actually right outside of Dallas. So, but yeah, and then this, this year, 2020, one of the things that I want to do is I want to earn another trifecta, but they've got a race that's called the Ultra Beast, which is not 13 oh miles, God. it's 26 miles and 60 plus obstacles. So well, I want to be there at the finish line. You tell me where that is. We'll be there rooting you on. Awesome. <laughs> or I carrying appreciate you that. off on a stretcher, one or the other. 
one or the other because it's no i'm not going on a stretcher i'm going to keep crawling you can't stop me <laughs> but yeah so basically it's a full marathon with 60 obstacles and some of these obstacles are nuts like carrying a hundred pound boulder literally oh my gosh yeah it's it's going to be extremely intense i've never pushed my body to that sort of limit before um so i'm really excited to to get there um but yeah so, you know i i am um, there's a I, I my goal one of my goals for 2019 was to have a book you know mm -hmm. and to just have a book and written, you got the right? book too you and and we and we it. did that we did the book but uh it's so funny because at the end of 2019 i was actually in three and all three became international number one Amazon bestsellers. Oh, that's awesome. And so it w two were collaborative works. Well, actually one was a collaborative work, which was called a Game Changers Volume Four. Uh, the second one was a complete surprise to me. And it's uh, from my dear and wonderful friend, Dee Collins, who is um, I mean, an author and a poet and just an incredible Renaissance woman. She's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah and so she says tony you know you were a millionaire once i said yeah a long time ago <laughs> and she said uh she said well you know tell me about the experience so her and i were chatting one night i didn't realize she was writing an entire chapter on me in her book muscle uh muscle memory millionaire mm -hmm. and and it's funny because my relationship with muscle memory is carrying 50 pound sacks of food for my feed for my steer before the livestock show my senior year in high school <laughs> so my muscle muscle memory will always I, I know what 50 pounds feels like and you're talking about carrying a 100 pound rock so i yeah. I, I bow <laughs> to you being able to do that but now i will pack a suitcase and I will stand in front of it and I will pick it up with two hands and I can tell if it's over immediately. Or not. I, immediately, I can tell. So, um, Cody, I can't believe you're, you're, you're going to be like carrying and racing with a hundred pounds. Well, I not, mean, now that's not the whole time, right? That's well, just no, it's a very it, small but... section okay. of what you have to do. That's <laughs> wow. like, like you have to carry that boulder like about 20 feet more or less. But like that's one of the 60 obstacles right along the 26 mile course which now is you're wearing belt and all of that to protect yourself right because no yeah <laughs> i'm a glutton ah! for punishment tony <laughs> come on well, okay, i'm young and i'm a glutton old, for punishment this is the, the mom and grandma coming out on me okay <laughs> stop it don't you need to wear protection <laughs> the clothes in my skin are protection enough <laughs> <laughs> you're insane <laughs> but but Maybe no, I, I have to I have to bow. I mean, the beast sounded horrible and magnificent at the same time, and now <laughs> that you've got the ultimate or the ultra beast, yeah. <laughs> wow, this is you know I I need to look it up. So please you know share with us via email or your oh, or yeah. your your membership site what's what uh, when you're doing this. So we need to get some pictures of all this. Oh, absolutely, and I've got yeah. pictures from the other races. They're awesome. I actually. Uh, after this, I'll send you a picture of me carrying the boulder in the last race that I did. Oh my um, Because it's 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 insane. It's 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 one of those things where like you think about it and you're like, could I actually do that? And then you just put yourself in the moment and then you do it and you're like, I guess I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you know it. You, you gotta admit, this is this is youth, 
talking. <laughs> this, well, okay, but but this is the thing with Spartan races. There are people of all ages who are do it. Yeah, who, who do it? There was a guy at the last race that I did. Uh, actually, pretty much every race I've been to, there's been at least one individual who's eighty plus years old doing these. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness. And so, you know, I was, um, I believe in Phoenix when I met, and I, I can't remember her name and I apologize, but she is 89 years old and she has uh, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro twice. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and all done after she was 80. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. She's, she's one of my heroes right now. You know who I'm talking about, right? No, I, mean, I don't know who you're oh my talking God, I about, get but her, I want to know. She, she's on one of my friend's shows. She just did an episode on a podcast and we've all, you know, we're all involved in so many podcasts now because we're in the world of it. Um, and, and she's just an amazing woman and she actually will, will, uh, she'll, she sells the opportunity to accompany her. That's awesome. And, and so you train with her to be able to do that. Uh, and I'm just in awe of, of her. It just, I, oh, and she's a cancer survivor. What a badass. That's yeah. awesome. I've got to get your name. I apologize for not being prepared, but yeah, she's pretty amazing. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So, so, so Tony, you've mentioned that back in high school, you used to work on the ranch carrying 50 pound sacks. <laughs> And I know that you've got just this crazy long career of doing so many amazing things. So, so, and today you've got a book, you run a business, you're doing um, absolutely amazing things. How did you go from the ranch to where you are today? Well, you know, I was born in a little town called Mission, Texas. Mission. It's down in the, Mission. Yep. Mission, Texas is down in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, and it's next to McAllen. So, you know, big city, little city. Yeah. <laughs> when I was there, we had like 16 to 18,000 people in the whole town. Now there's a couple of hundred thousand. It's a bigger city, but, but, um, everybody knew everybody and my dad sold insurance. So all the cops knew my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so it was hard to get away with anything, but, uh, but it's, it's just fun. Uh, what's really funny is that he had his insurance office and then he had the liquor store next to it. So, <laughs> so I didn't see the, uh, the relationship between those two growing up, but <laughs> that's called, that's called business placement right there. <laughs> Know your too, audience and put yourself as close to them as possible. It was too funny. So I, I was raised in the insurance office. And then my mom, on the other hand, uh, had movie theaters. And so she had a Spanish movie theater in McAllen, Texas called El Mexico. And she had an English movie theater in Mission, Texas called, actually it was a, a drive-in theater. And oh, uh, awesome. called the Buckhorn. Uh, and then she had a Spanish and English movie theater called the, the Rex on downtown Mission. And so we, I was raised in movie theaters, swimming pools, liquor stores, and insurance office. <laughs> so in my book, uh, uh, entrepreneurs were my heroes. I mean, they, they, they tried everything. They did everything. They accomplished everything, um, you know, for his time and what he did. I came to realize that, that my dad was just extremely wise. He, he passed at a very early age. He was only 58 uh, when he passed, but, uh, but we, uh, he, he was really someone that I looked, he was my best friend. And so, and his name was Tony. So, uh, and my name's Tony. Uh, so like father, Antonio. like daughter, literally. <laughs> well, I can, I can only aspire to. And, and, 
it, you know, what's funny is that I think back, I mean, I was 20 when he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I remember, um, I remember leaving the church, uh, Our Lady Guadalupe in Mission, Texas. I remember leaving the church and driving the four and a half miles to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking back uh, from on in the in the limo, and I couldn't see the end of the cars. And yeah. when people actually got to the cemetery, they were saying there's still cars at the church waiting to leave. And you know, I thought That's to amazing. myself, I, you know, that was my dad, and and I was very very proud of him, and he was an incredibly. Uh, uh, he was he was way beyond his, his time because he made me believe that I could do anything. I could be anything. And all I had to do was, you know, apply myself to it. And then the most impressive lesson that he ever taught me was Tony, because he sold insurance. He says, when you're in a room talking to a immigrant or a farm worker or a truck driver, you talk like them, you act like them, you you become part of their world and when you're in another room talking to presidents and CEOs and you become them you act like them so it was that chameleon capability that I believe he gave me which is what has brought me to where I am now and um and you've heard my my story you know I've I've uh, I've dined with princes and I've danced with presidents and and I I really have had a quite a fabulous life and it and it just happened uh, based on the title of a book I'm going to write in 2020 called You Never Know Who's Watching. I love that title. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and that was, um, and I give this to, as a gift to all the entrepreneurs who are listening to us and all of the supermen and superwomen that are out there trying to do something different with their life, who have a movement, who have a mission of vision and a value that is driving them the purpose driven kind of yeah. an entrepreneur um is you just got to keep trying to serve it's not that we're trying to to make a whole bunch of money off of this and it, the money's going to come if you just focus and and keep giving and giving and giving and giving and sharing have that servant mentality yeah and that's you know that's really what happened to me when I had my computer company and I had a computer training company and we had a help desk. Uh, and this was back in the early or late eighties, early nineties, which is, you know, at the top of when Microsoft, you know, kicked off. And, uh, and I was very, very fortunate to have, I mean, literally my entire business ran off of a $27 a month yellow pages ad called the computer help desk. That's all I could afford to put out there because it was my startup company. And that little company in 18 months, you know, was up to 60 employees, 17 contractors and about $3 million. And, wow. and, uh, and, and it was, it was just, we just caught it at the right time, the right swing and all of that. But more important is I was constantly striving to provide the best service that I could, whether it was training or help desk or support or development. It was trying to make it work. And it was that attitude that the corporation that we were working in, which by the way, was on a month-to-month contract for eight years at this corporation. Um, one day I got taken out to lunch and uh, by the CTO, and he was a wonderful gentleman named Alberto Goudet. 
And he took me to lunch and he goes, Tony? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, um, I've been tasked with finding the perfect person who would be the best computer trainer in the United States, he says, and I've picked you. And I said, okay. Right. <laughs> You're joking, right? And he says, uh, he says, how would you like to uh, be the computer trainer and support person for President George H.W. Bush? And, and she, he says, he's, you need to bring him home. And this was, you know, after he lost the election and he was coming back to Houston. And so I was put with the transition team to bring him home. My office was, you know, across the hall from his office for months. Um, uh, I, I, I became close friends with the entire family and I taught him, you know, how to use Microsoft Word and how to make get emails to happen and all this kind of stuff on his brand new compact laptop that he had at the time. And, and I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens because you never know who's watching. It's not because you bought your position and it's not because you've got a lot of money and it's not because you're now, you know, the top Hispanic woman in business or whatever. It's because of the servant, servant the serving mentality that you have. It's what makes you stand up from the crowd. It's Absolutely. something that you bring to the table that nobody else can. Yeah. What, what I love within that is what you're talking about is valuing people above all other things yeah. from, and, and that starts all the way from the chameleon effect that you're talking about with your, with the lesson from your dad is it's about understanding who is it you're talking with and valuing what it is they want, what they're looking for, what they need first. And once you understand what it is they value, you can communicate with them effectively. This past year, one of the certifications that I went through is certified uh, behavioral consultant. And that is one of, that's like, that is number one lesson within behavioral uh, consulting is understanding who is it you're talking to so that you can effectively communicate with them. Yeah. Then from, from there, it's, it's not just about knowing what the value is, but living it day in and day out, not knowing what the result is, but continuing with it, it's part of the compound effect, right? When, when you think of, you can, you can take whatever book you want to uh, that talks about this, the one thing, um, as I drop stuff all over the place, <laughs> the one thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, you've got the compound effect by Darren Hardy, you've got the slight edge by Jeff Olson. There's, there's a bunch of other people who talk about this concept. But it's, it's not about the big goal at the end of the day. You weren't looking to try and work with the president, right? No. Yeah. That, that wasn't your goal. Your goal was to live in your value and do the right thing each and every day. Yeah. And that compound effect of doing the right thing every single day, getting better every single day, doing what you needed to do to push your business forward, gave you the opportunity that you didn't even know was going to be there. And that's exactly how it happened. You know, so, so many of the things that we step up into our own leadership, into our own greatness happens because you were willing to put that one foot in front of the other and try it. And, and by no means do most entrepreneurs know exactly what they're going to do tomorrow to make it work. They just need to finish what we're doing today. Yeah, and, I know I and, don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're in a position where, where, Oh God, and that's the crazy part is you, we see so many of the two comma club successful yeah. entrepreneurs in our world of speakers, authors, healers, and coaches. And, 
and you want to borrow what they're doing and you want to uh, hook on to their kite, you know, and you want to, and, but the reality is you're, you're, if you're, if you keep doing that, you're going to keep spinning. Because you have to find out who you are, what you've got to offer, yes. and what you're bringing to the table first. You know, Absolutely. the one thing, so to speak. Yeah. You know, and, what and, is your one thing? Uh, this, is, this is something within the entrepreneurial world that actually really, really bothers me, especially from the marketing perspective. If we take just the marketing perspective for a second, there, there are so many people who preach basically this message. If you do what I do, you'll have success. And so many people are not finding success doing that. And the reason yeah. is what worked for them doesn't necessarily work for you. You have to understand who you are, what your gifts are, what your strengths are. And then once you understand what those are, you can figure out how does that apply to the rest of the world? And how do I make that work for me? Not for them, for me. And that's the key at the end of the day is you have to figure out how it works for you. And now you can take that concept and it doesn't just apply to marketing. That applies to everything, especially leadership. You have to understand what are your leadership qualities. This is something that I'm bothered with in the leadership world is there's so many people that are like, if you do leadership like me, you'll succeed. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> you need to know how you lead. Yeah. What are your strengths? And once you understand that, you can take that and there are some things that will apply no matter where it goes like the chameleon effect that you were mentioning that pretty much works for everybody but right. there are still things that are you that right. if you don't do those things you're not going to succeed and there are things that are not you that people will tell you are the quote-unquote path to success and exactly. as you try to do those things that are them and not you it'll fail for you and, and it's so funny, you know, I, I, I talked a little bit about the movie theaters and, and something that was inherent to my thought process was, I, I guess, because being raised, you know, day after day after day, you know, three to four times the same movie per day that, we, you know, you yeah. have a two or three day run. Uh, in my mind, uh, we had zero to resolution in 90 minutes or there was something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless you're going to have a part two, yeah. which I hated, you know, we had resolution in 90 minutes to all the world's problems. <laughs> and that, and that's, I, I laugh at it now, but that was really my thinking program, which, which ultimately helped me create a, a way of seeing things that was wonderful for when I was doing PowerPoint shows for my clients. Because I had the ability to power, 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 three, four points, two, three words per point, you know, is, is not to have death by PowerPoint, which I've seen so often, All but, the time. but to make um, what I call a haiku level of PowerPoint, where, where you don't, as a speaker, as an author, as a healer, and as a coach, you don't present the PowerPoint and then read line by line by line, you know, which is death by PowerPoint. Yeah. You present it so that it's an emotion. It's a photo of what you're trying to accomplish and talk to that without using any words that you've got up on your slide. People can read the slide themselves if they're interested in what you're saying. If yeah. they're not, there's nothing you're going to be able to say or do to make them read that slide. And so if you're only giving them four words or four, four bullets of three or four words each, 
you know, and then you expound on that. Uh, that's a much better presentation than that. And so the, the, uh, a lot of people don't know that we were actively involved, my company, in, in, in the creation of PowerPoint. We were beta testing it here in Houston at one of my client sites. And, uh, and, and we just, uh, uh, we, the only thing that was around before PowerPoint was Harvard Graphics, and I, ma I had mastered that. And so when PowerPoint came in, it was like, oh my God, this is wonderful. You know, the, yeah. the GUI, you know, the graphical user interface was amazing. The WYSIWYG was amazing. What you see is what you get. And so w once we started really playing with the power and potential of picture, emotion, and then you talk about it, picture, emotion, then you talk about it. That's where PowerPoint really just took off. I mean, immediately. And so that's why it was so important. I mean, that was why it was so instrumental to so many companies to, to encourage their executives to use it because it, it sold ideas. It sold concepts. Absolutely. So anyway, that's another, another story to be told at some other time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, and that's, that's really interesting. Dive into that a little bit more for me, the, the idea of selling concepts. Oh, gosh. Every single program that you mm -hmm. develop, every single project that you've been involved with, they all started with a concept and an image in somebody's head. And, and that, you know, it's so funny. The, the year 2020, uh, a, a friend of ours yesterday said that hindsight is 2020. So now we know what we've already done wrong. We don't have to repeat it this year because now we have perfect vision. <laughs> so take that as a springboard, right? And, and yeah. take off with it. But, uh, but I really do feel that this is going to be an incredible year of clarity for small business people, entrepreneurs, healers, speakers, authors, coaches who are looking for the one thing that they can sell that makes them who they are. And, um, and, and I do need to add at this point, uh, uh, Cody, with your permission, yeah, it, of course, yeah, uh, is the reason that I wrote the book act two, your show must go on. Originally, the concept of it was to create a, 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 a way of sharing with people who are thinking, especially baby boomers who are thinking of creating something that they can work in for the rest of their lives. I wanted to create it as if I was creating a movie. We have pre-production, production, and post-production, right? That's mm -hmm. your movie. So the concept that, that, that you've got in your mind for whatever program you feel like selling or you want to create to sell or you think is needed, the concept and the idea comes in at the pitch level, right? Which yeah. is wh what your idea is. Yeah. And, and, so, and this doesn't just apply to entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. This could be oh, no. proposing a plan to yeah. someone in your company or right. proposing a plan to your team. Right. This, this idea can be applied anywhere. When I started at Hewlett Packard as a contractor, mm -hmm. my, I was the IT infrastructure project manager. And basically there was about nine of us, nine or 10 of us that were in that position around the world. And, um, each one of us was given between 12 and sometimes even up to 18 projects at one time that we had to run simultaneously. And now IT infrastructure means that you're either going to down a building or up a building, the whole building. Okay. So from every tiny input on phone and computers 
and communications and conference rooms, all of those had to be proposed as a concept to whether or not we were gonna sell 10 buildings or create 10 buildings, you know, to run the, the infrastructure of the entire corporation. At that time, the corporation had a half a million employees. Okay, so, so just the idea of bringing up the concept, do we wanna close this building in Dallas because it's too close to the other one? You still have to propose it. And they did come in PowerPoint ideas and presentations. And if, you, if you're creating a program, it's a concept, it's an idea. For example, I'm working and have been working putting together a concept for a new program called The Celebrity Within. All right, The Celebrity Within, based on how many years I've been in production and casting, which is a whole nother line that we were talking about. Yeah, which about we haven't to, talked about yet, I but I, about I want that. to talk about definitely. Based on that idea, to be real honest with you, the highest celebrities that I've met, that I've worked with, that I've shaken hands with, the, the bigger they are, the more approachable, humble, and just like you and me kind of person they are. And I mean, starting with President Bush, you know, I mean, it was, it, it was just amazing to see and to be with the ex-head of the CIA, you know, the, one of the world leaders, one of the strongest world leaders, and, and to see the amount of kings and princes and, um, and, and, and the phone calls he had, you know, were just at such an incredible level. For example, I'll give you one example. Yeah, um, I, was, I was working with him on his laptop one day and he was asking me how to do certain things and the phone rings. So basically I'm like on one knee next to him. So we're looking at the keyboard. He picks up the phone and he goes, Hey, Charlie, how are you? Hey, no, 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 no. We're going to pick you up at the airport. When are you coming in? Okay, great. Well, we got a barbecue. So you ready for that? And I figured, you know what? This is a personal phone call. I need to get out of the room, you know? And so I stand up and he's talking to Charlie and he's uh, talking, they're making all these plans and who's going to pick him up, where they're going to take him. And as I walk around his desk, he goes, Tony, wait a minute. It's just Prince Charles. It's just, it's just Prince Charles. No big deal. Like, okay. He's just royalty with one of our biggest allies. Like no big deal. Whatever. That's one of my favorite stories because he, it was like, he just had no idea what he had just said. It was just so down home for him, you know? And so, so, and I've met some celebrities doing the Grammys the Latin Grammys, the Texas Music Awards. I have met some celebrity or quasi-celebrities who have just been absolute jerks. And yeah. there's no, there's better words for that, but I'm, I'm going to be civil. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, for example, we had the A-listers. The A-listers all have to go in a limo picked up from, I don't care if the hotel is a block away from the red carpet. The A-listers, have to, we had to set up all the logistics to get the, the limos in time. Okay. Uh, the B and C listers, we had an indoor tunnel that they would walk and show up at the red carpet without the limo. They didn't want to do it. They wouldn't do it. <laughs> so I had some that did. And you know what? I, I thanked them profusely. And these are major music groups that you've heard of. I'm not going to talk about who they were, but you can always tell who the jerks are because it was like, I'm not I'm not walking a block. You get me a limo now. 
<laughs> that kind of thing. So I guess you call them the new the new rich <laughs> versus the old the rich. The rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I have met some celebrities and the ones that I would like to fashion my clients after are the ones that are approachable, that have a servant mentality, that are keen to their goals, that that know where they want to end up because you know the end game is important extremely you know? yeah it, extremely important i mean when 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 rollins wrote this the seven harry potter books yeah. she had the end game in mind the whole time it's yeah. amazing to me how she did it and i i i value what she did and how she did it because it was you know creatively a work of absolute genius but uh, but there is an end game in mind. And if your and my end game is to have a hundred clients that we are helping, that we're doing summits for, that we are doing publicity for, that I am doing the uh, that I'm giving them the ability to know when they're camera ready, which is something I gave away for the holidays, is a, a virtual makeover between one camera and yours, yours and mine, and I will show you where to put the highlighter and where to put the contours and where you know just silly things like that. But some it's people, a major challenge. I mean, I have problems with that every single day, Tony. Oh, you don't yes. even know. I have to send you my new makeup artist. <laughs> But no, it's very true. I mean, something as simple as that for yeah. someone who's been a doctor all her life or a teacher all her life, this yeah. is a new world. This camera ready yeah. stuff, you know, uh, uh, and for me, that was when in the production world and the casting world, that was just matter of fact. I mean, you either know that you have to come camera ready or they're going to have a makeup artist and hair artist there. And for most of the small productions that we do in the state of Texas, you have to be camera ready because there's very few union shows that come in that have their own hairdresser and makeup artist. And you have to qualify to get one of those. <laughs> so, so being camera ready is just another way of saying come ready as, you know, to shoot the moment you get there, which means powder and all. And so, uh, so that, that was a giveaway that I wanted it to, to it, it, and it's a part of the program that I'm putting together called the celebrity within, which, you know, starts with inner thoughts, inner mindset, who you are, what you want to be, what your goal is, what your movement is. And then it through the year allows us to expound on that and expand your reach so that whatever you're trying to achieve, for example, the legendary leadership that you've achieved last year, yeah. Cody, we're going to bring it back over and build on that and build and build and build because the wow, I mean, just the guests that you had. By the way, I saw Stephen well, on a Chase commercial. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. Stephen Sashin. Yeah. Stephen Sashin is he he's one of my favorite people. He is he is kind of a nut, but he knows it and he loves oh, it and he totally embraces he it. He owns it. He owns it. Funny yeah. story. I saw him at the airport the other day. I was, I, I went to the, why was I at the airport? Oh, I was getting ready to go do a certification. That's right. Um, and so <laughs> finish up one of my certifications, actually. It was a 10 month program and that, that final piece was it. I went to the airport and I had like a, like an hour and a half before my flight because security was like nothing that day for some reason. And so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go walking around. And I'm like, just minding my own business, walking around. And I see he's, he's kind of got this like fro going on. Yeah. I see his crazy fro <laughs> out of the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, Steven, he's like, you. <laughs> and I was all like, 
what are you doing here? And, and he was, he was in Austin for a convention. And I had no idea. And it, he was planning on just being in and out. Just kind I of love it. Out love of nowhere. It. So you guys, I love that when, guy. When you see the legendary leadership summit. Yeah. Commercials and promos and all that start. You cannot miss a Cody show. It's coming up real soon. I hear in the next 30 to 60 days. Yes. But um, we've got, uh, you know, every single part of, the celebrity within package that I'm thinking that starts with getting you camera ready, then what's your purpose, mission, you know, goals, vision. And then we lay it all out so that then you have so many weeks of promotion, so many weeks of doing it, whether it's a webinar or a seminar or a one day conference or a three day live event, something's going to lead to that summit, which eventually is going to turn into your TV show. And so one, two, three, and four, you know, those four pieces go all together in one year and you are the celebrity because it's massive promotion. That's what we're trying to achieve for you. That's what we're trying to get you ready for. And at the same time, I want to keep the, the, the mindset of the celebrity approachable, reachable, human with humility and with a servant mentality. And if our celebrities or my clients can do that, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing year. Absolutely. So, One of the things that I think is really important in there is having the end in mind. Yeah. Um, and, and we're not talking about the, the one-year end in mind. This, is, this yeah. is something that I think is actually extremely important. You have to be looking at the, the 10, 20, 30-year plan in mind of where you want things to go. Because what you can accomplish, you can accomplish a lot in one year, but that can be a positive or a negative. Because yeah. if, if you don't know that 10-year, 20-year, 30-year plan of where you want things to go, and you get a lot accomplished in one year, you could get a lot accomplished in the wrong direction. That's very true. Uh, oh, it, it's it's kind of like, I, yeah. I want to travel, right? And so it's like, I just start driving. And then as I'm driving, I decide all of a sudden I want to go to Maine. And I started in Texas, but I'm headed towards California. <laughs> And now I'm further away from Maine than I'd like to be, where if I would have just stayed in Texas, made the decision of where I'm traveling to first, and then started traveling there, I'd make right. it there a lot faster. That makes a lot of sense. And it's funny, um, it, it's funny you say that because um, I guess at my age, I, I'm, you know, I, at 10 years is about all I'm going to plan forward. <laughs> Tony, the way technology is going, oh, the way you I live thought. your life, all that, you're, you're going to live to be in your triple digits. So. Oh my God. Oh, wow. And you I know, believe. Was, um, I was doing some marketing for a life insurance company uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And one of the slides that we put together was a slide of a baby. And it was actually the cover of Time Magazine. And it said, you know, this baby, it can't live to be 140 years old. And it's just so funny because when you really think about it now that we're talking about this, yeah. uh, when the social security system was put into place, mm -hmm. all right, people were going to live to 65. And that was pretty much, you're gonna retire at 65, you're gonna probably live and your, your lifespan was between 65 and 68 years old. People were not expected to be in the 70s and 80s and 90s. Yeah. And so, and this was in the 50s. Okay, 40s and 50s. By the 60s, we were now in the 75 
year time lifespan. In the 70s, we hit the 80 and 85 and 88 lifespan. In the 90s, oh, you see where I'm going? Yeah. So if from the 40s to the, to the year 2000, we added 40 years of life, that baby born this year could very possibly hit 120, 140 years old. Yeah. If, if the lifespan's like that, because we're Absolutely. adding 20 years to our lifespan every 10 years. Yeah. My, one of my personal goals is right now, at least, unless technology uh, goes even further than I think it's going to go. But my, one of my goals is to hit 125. That's one of the, my life goals is to hit 125 years old. You can carry um, I think it's possible. Rocks. I'm going to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, it, well, I hadn't, I hadn't even thought. So, so basically you're saying I'm middle-aged. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's exactly what I'm saying, Tony. But there, there are so many people that I talk to and they're all like, I'm old. I'm like, are you kidding me? Unless you're like 80, 90 now. Yeah. And, and I even argue there sometimes because there are some 80, 90 year olds who are not old. That are climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. That are, that are literally <laughs> climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. She's not dying anytime soon. Unless no. there's a freak accident, which God forbid, right? Knock on yeah. wood that that's not going to happen. But like, there, our lifespans are a lot longer than we give credit to. <laughs> and it's, it's like, you are not old. You're not old. So stop saying it. Start living. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. All right. So let me put together at least a 10 to 20 year goal. Here we go. <laughs> Tony, you could still do a 30 year goal. You could still do a 30-year goal. I'm telling you that right now. You could. All right. Uh, you know what? You're, you're changing my mind very quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> so what else would you like to hear about? I, uh, see, so I so we, we got the George H.W. Bush yeah. nonchalantly yeah. talking about Prince, Prince Charles. Like, no big deal. Whatever. <laughs> right? Like, okay. Whatever. Royalty. You know, no big deal. <laughs> So, so you you went from there somehow into um, uh, celebrities, right? Yeah. What what is that transition for you? The transition was that there are things that we carry. Every single one of us carries that makes us a celebrity. Uh, and it and it's so funny because you know we we think of people that get recognized all over the world, you know, because they're singers or actors. Uh, or, you know, or big uh, sports figures. Mm -hmm. But every single one of us has that gene. Uh, and, and we can bring it out. We just need to find out. We're just going to play with you a little bit and find out what it is that, that makes you different from everybody else. And then we, we expound on that. Um, one of the fastest ways, if you're already in business, for example, or you're already a, a mentor, um, the reason that I even brought all that up, by the way, and let me just retract just a little bit, is because yeah. on the book act two, uh, here's what's happening in the United States uh, at this moment. Um, at this moment, there's 45 to 48 million baby boomers who have been laid off, fired, and separated from their jobs. Yeah. Um, they, they, we uh, have been, you know, ousted. Oh, uh, and, and the majority of us were not ready to retire. Yeah. All right. So what's happening is that the numbers in the next six to seven years are going to go from 45 to 68. 
million baby boomers who are fired, laid off, and separated from their jobs. So we have basically four choices. Number one is redo your resume and see if anybody else wants you. Okay, which which, which I, is incredibly hard to do. I actually, um, uh, yeah. Lorianne Vaughn speaks. I've had her on my podcast yeah. talk about that. How it's actually really difficult for anyone over the age of fifty-five to sixty, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to to find a new job, because right. sadly, and I think this is incredibly detrimental to businesses in general. But they think that's too old, and I, I am. That makes me a little bit sick to my stomach, to be honest. Yeah. That people think that. Yeah. No, that's true. We're too old and too expensive. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny because, I mean, literally, I went from, you know, an almost $200,000 position. And in order to get hired, uh, I, I took a $15 an hour job as a project manager. And within eight months, I was back up to the 100000 because I proved my value. Yeah. But that's a lot of energy. That's a lot of work. But, you know, I got... I, I did get a job and I didn't last in it very long because it was just not there. But okay. So that's number one, that that's your choice as a baby boomer who has, who is experiencing this mm -hmm. right now. Number two is, um, Oh my gosh, let's see. I get attacked by at least probably eight emails per week from franchise companies who want me to buy a franchise. Cause I'm a perfect fit. Thanks to LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> So I could, I could have a lube company. I could have a coffee shop. I could have, you know, a fix your garage organizing shop. You know, I mean, it's just incredible. The problem with franchises is that they will finance you, but you put up your 401k as, as your, as your equity. All right. So if anything, and this is, this is a real problem and I'm going to do a little bit more research on it. But right now in the franchise world, there is a movement happening that the baby boomers are causing. And uh, the problem is when you buy a franchise, you buy like the, the primary, secondary and tertiary area around your business, right? Mm -hmm. So you're, you're buying that neighborhood and you're buying that one case mm -hmm. of having that one shop you know, in, unless it's Starbucks, you know, right there. Yeah. And so uh, what is happening then is they, they come, you know, they, they promise their 401k against the franchise and then one of them gets sick and they can't do a thing. They can't do anything with that franchise because they have to go take care of the problem and they can't start, you know, starting a new company is like having it's a new challenging. Baby. It's yeah, a baby. It's you're going to literally work. You're going to be up all night. You're going to work. You're yeah. going to work. Actually, the government recognizes businesses as individuals. So you're, you're literally creating an individual according to the exactly. government. It's a baby. And if somebody gets sick, like one, like my husband or myself gets sick, you can't, you can't go run the franchise. Yeah. So we've got all of these stagnant franchises sitting there without being able to grow. It has an, a 401k encumbered against it. So, I mean, you're up the creek. So that's step one was go get a job. Step two is buy a franchise and buyer beware. Caveat emporre. Okay. Number three is become a mentor. And I mean, we're seeing this with the CEO space. We're seeing this with so many uh, silver foxes. Um, there's so many nice, cool uh, mentorship programs. The Forbes Coaches Council is a wonderful men mentorship program. You know, um, what we're seeing is, is I, I do get asked almost weekly, 
is I'd love to be a mentor. How do I do it? Which is why I started the, the television show and radio show and podcast called The World Class Mentors. It's because we deep dive into what it takes to be a mentor and what it, how they changed my world class mentors, their lives. Who was, I, I call it, you dance with the one who brung you. Who were their mentors? Mm -hmm. See, and what did they do to change their life? Yeah. And so now that we have an understanding of what mentors do, now you can try to go do something with that, which is where a lot of our speakers and coaches and healers are coming from, right? And authors, they're, they're becoming mentors. But the last one is the one I really push in the book as well as in my public speaking is I want them to become an entrepreneur. Uh, that's where I feel, if you're, gonna, if you're gonna work yourself to death, do it for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Do it for you. And, and, and I mean, you set your ceilings, you set your time, you set your hours, you have a company. We can help you create it. We can help you put it in, in procedure. We can help you create your business plan, your marketing plan, your social media plan, you know, what it takes to get there. Now you're talking about working on something that's going to make money for you. And so the hardest part about that is creating the programs and the projects that yield money. Yeah. And, and I, you know how they say things run in cycles? Yeah. I think we're about to hit or we're in the midst of hitting part of a, uh, the return of a cycle. Because um, before the 1800s, basically, everything was entrepreneurship right? You had entrepreneurs and then you had apprentices who trained under those entrepreneurs. And then around the 1800s time period, you started to get massive companies uh, that started to form and they have become basically mega corporations over time. It was the, the factory lifestyle, but it's become mega corporations today. And the thing is mega corporations move extremely slowly they can't move fast. It's just not possible. There's too much politics that happens within it. And so I, what I'm starting to see and what I think is really going to be taking off here is entrepreneurs, because that's where all the things start to begin to change quickly. That's yeah. where you need people to go to. That's where innovation happens. And it's, it's here right now, the opportunity to be at the front end of that cycle. Um, because these, these mega corporations, we're seeing them fail all over the place, whether it's because they're too big, whether it's because they're corrupt, whether it's because they started doing business a certain way and it, it's a, a questionable morality. I don't have to, um, pinpoint any specific organizations on that. I'm sure you can think of some specific ones with, you know, like blue logos, but, um, but um, that, that's what we're kind of in the midst of today is this return to that entrepreneurial uh, area, I think. I agree with you. And, 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 you know, with the amount of baby boomers that are out there with years of experience, with what they can offer, with what they have to offer. Which is I so mean, much. That, yeah, that's the, the true value of what's inside you that, that makes it that way. The crazy part is that I have seen number one uh out of all the speakers authors healers coaches that are on the stage speaking only two percent are women and less than one percent are minorities that, that out mystifies of everybody me. who's out there speaking so number one girls we got to catch up 
you know, Please. we have so many stories. There's so Please, much yeah. to offer, not only in business, but, you know, in, in our life, just sharing our stories makes, makes it really valuable to, to some others. Um, yeah. One of my mentors said something one time that I absolutely love. He says, you cannot say the wrong thing to the right person. So, you know, what I have discovered over the past couple of years of marketing, even though I've been in marketing all my life, uh, is that marketing, true marketing, effective marketing, uh, planned marketing is the way to eliminate those that don't belong to you. That's what real successful marketing does. It gets people away from the ones who are supposed to be true to you and your true clients. And those are the ones that are, if I've said something right today, I'm going to bring the right client in. If I've said something wrong today, you're not my client. It's okay. You know, next. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that's so incredibly important, not just from a marketing perspective, but from a, an organizational perspective too, is there are people who are the right crowd, whether it's a customer, whether it's person on your team. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. And there are people who are the wrong customer person on your team. Yeah. And that is a natural part of things. One, one of the things that I, I talk about a lot is, is values. You have to understand what your values are. You have to understand what your business's values are. And it's incredibly important because it's not going to be the same from, your, from yourself and your business to another person or their business. And if you don't know what they are for you, you're going to start it. You're going to bring on people whose values don't align and it's going to create destruction within your own company, right. within your own organization. But if you understand those values, you're going to attract the right people and you're going to repel the wrong people. And that's okay. That's what you want. You need the right people. And the same thing happens in businesses because the right people are going to pay a lot of money and it's, it's going to cost you much less to get them to pay a lot more than if you try to get everybody to like your organization because, yeah. because you're going to have to spend a lot of money to get the people who aren't really aligned with you to get on board with you. And then they're not online with you. They're not in line with you anyways. So it's just going to be constantly spending, spending yeah. tons of money yeah. that's, that's just going out the window and not really serving you. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, and it's so funny. I, yesterday we talked about the, the, the actual business plan and everybody's business plan for, especially for 2020 has to have various levels of input. Where are you getting your, your leads from your prospects from your clients from? Yeah. And, uh, you know, our world has changed so much over the past 10 years. I mean, it's yeah. gone from Absolutely. You know, cold calling to, uh, to now uh, interactive uh, social media with LinkedIn on the professional side. It was Facebook on the familiar side with Instagram on the fast side, Pinterest on the photo side, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Well, and, and then you've got from the video side, you have YouTube, but then if yeah. you want to, if you want to connect with the younger generation, it's TikTok. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, and, and it grow, it, there's different things every year. I mean, I remember being at the, at the CES with, with the year that Snapchat got bought out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, that was huge. And I, I was barely understanding what it was, much less, you know, why their entire logo filled the pyramid on the outside at the Luxor. 
And uh, I mean, that was the big news. I mean, they got it bought out for mega billions, right? Yeah. So, so this is uh, uh, the world is ever growing, ever changing. And to tell you the truth, I find that incredibly sexy. I I love the fact that, uh, and I, and I should say thanks to Microsoft, I learned that even when you thought you had mastered the program, whatever it was, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, every 18 months they would change it and bring new <laughs> stuff in. And I was like, oh God, after six years of every 18 months changing my programs, I was like, I'm ready to shoot somebody. Because I have, you know, I was Word certified. I was Excel certified. I was a Microsoft certified professional. And, uh, and so, and, and Microsoft certified trainer. But every 18 months, they have a new program. So mm -hmm. it, it, it does keep you young. You know, it really yeah. does because you have to constantly be learning. Uh, and I love that. As a baby boomer, I absolutely love that because I don't get tired. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think <laughs> I like saying that, that my team hates it when I get bored because <laughs> I'll walk in with 18 new projects on Monday and they're like, where did this come from? <laughs> Absolutely. And that that's, it's, it's one of those things where there's no such thing as stagnation, right? There's, there's no such thing as this, like this point where everything stays still. Things are either growing or they're decaying. Those are, yeah. those are the only two options. Yeah. And, and I think it's really sad when people choose to decay. Um, and that happens a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. And as people get older, they choose to decay when they have so much more potential I mean, just, just us talking, you were thinking only 10 years, right? Like that, that could be it, but really you could have another 30 years going for you and you could create so much more in 30 years and it's completely possible, right? Yeah. But there You're are people, there, there are people who are younger than you who aren't even thinking a year ahead oh they're, and they're yeah. already decaying, you know? There are people yeah. my age who are decaying and I'm fairly young. And it's, it's so sad to watch that potential go out the door. And really when you start embracing the change, when you start embracing opportunity, because the world is filled with opportunity, there's so much opportunity in the world. And you start embracing that, it, it's exciting, it's fun. And you start growing with it and your prospects grow with it. It's amazing. I love it. I've thoroughly enjoyed this, Cody. Thank you so much for the opportunity, I've, first of all, and for the friendship, second of all. <laughs> oh, I, I'm the one who's appreciative. You are always wonderful. You're always amazing. Your amount of knowledge, I mean, I don't even know how long we've been recording right now because I stopped paying attention. I, I don't know when we started, to be completely honest. Um, but but what I know is we've only like, we've only scratched the surface of everything that you've got a hold of, everything that you've been through. And we've already talked about so much. It's, <laughs> I'm honored to be speaking with you right now. Oh, thank you. Cody. Next time we'll talk about Disney and Scooby-Doo and all the other stuff <laughs> <fun> I had. <laughs> Disney and Scooby-Doo, both things I thoroughly enjoy. Kind of so <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Tony, if people are looking to get a hold of you, tell me what are the best ways for them to get a hold of you? Uh, it's very simple. I mean, it's Tony, T-O-N-I 
at my company is uh, K like in Kilo, D like in David, D like in David, M like in Mary, INC.com. It's, it's Kaufman Design Development Marketing Incorporated.com. And uh, you can also get a hold of me at Tony at TonyKaufman.com. Uh, and that's K A U F M A N, one F, one N. Um, but uh, but I, I you know I look forward uh, probably the, the the fastest and most fun thing you can do is get on your phone and text to the number four seven four seven four seven just text the word Tony T O N I and you'll get my business card in so text the word Tony T O N I to four seven four seven four seven awesome Tony. <laughs> You, if if you don't know Tony, you want to get to know Tony because she's absolutely amazing. I have so much fun with her. KDDM Inc. actually helps sponsor this this show, so it, I'm incredibly honored to to be in partnership with you and to just have you as a friend and all that fun stuff. So thank you so well, much. Tony. You know the old saying, I I you you. But is it, uh, you are a diamond in the rough, but you're getting awfully smooth real fast, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I like to believe I'm a diamond. So yes, I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so so uh, as a final note, um, yeah. you see my collection of ships that I'm very, very proud yes. of. Yes. Yes. Uh, and uh, because of my hero, Princess Leia, this is actually her ship. Yep. The Tanty Four. <laughs> Yeah, yep, I know it yeah. very well. So it's I'm, right I'm there. This is her ship. So you got to go see the movie because I, I was, I was in tears. Take your, take your Kleenex box with you, if you're a Princess Leia fan. <laughs> if you're, so, if you're a Leia fan, you're, you, there's a good honor. chance you'll cry. Oh my gosh! And my sons were with me when we went to see the movie, and they said, I, every time I would see someone come up that I wasn't expecting, it was like, oh my god. <laughs> The, the nostalgia the factor was huge in the movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about God. Star Wars Episode Nine for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. That's yeah, what we're talking gotta about. Yeah, gotta go see it. Gotta go see it. On the other hand, we've got the Galaxy Quest. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that movie is so underrated. I'm just throwing that out oh, there real goodness. quick. That movie is a masterpiece with Tim <laughs> Allen. Um, yeah, did, no. Did you, uh, and, did you ever see the bloopers on YouTube? Where, no. the, where the cast from Next Generation and uh, Shatner were all watching the movie dying laughing. Oh my gosh, dying that's awesome. <laughs> so for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know what Galaxy Quest is, <laughs> this movie is like the perfect uh, homage to Star Trek. It, it basically uh, takes the best parts of Star fun. Trek and they make incredible fun of star trek <laughs> while still making an incredible movie about making fun of star, trek. Fun of star trek and, the, and yeah. the cast was just dying laughing you know <laughs> like when they tell tim allen well you finally figured out a way to take your shirt off you know directly <laughs> pointed at shatner right <laughs> oh my goodness yeah this is i guess the most gorgeous the klingon bird of prey is that amazing oh, that is yeah. absolutely beautiful <laughs> So anyway, there's my collection. I'm playing with uh, putting them up. We're going to have to do some changes for 2020s. So we may have an entire ship collection here. Hey, that that's okay. That means I think very under the the table. What you're telling me is I need to find some sort of ship to get a hold of you <laughs> uh, to give to no. you. So um, shh, it's okay. I I understood. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Um, 
you've earned every single document behind you and you've worked for it and you've studied. And I love, by the way, your talk. If you guys haven't heard the life and death talk that Cody has, you've got to hear it. Uh, it's probably one of the best, uh, uh, actually one of the best recordings I've ever, I've ever done or, or, or heard. And uh, your, your wisdom is so beyond your age. It's just funny. I just love it. So Thank you're you. an old soul, Mr. Cody. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, well, I've been told that, but I mean, that's, that's all because of incredible mentors that I've had in my life. And, um, you, you talked about your show, your show, um, which I've had the honor to be on and to honor my mentors on that show. And since then I've, I've, you've been a mentor in my life as well. So I've been incredibly honored to have you as well. Too. We got nowhere to go, but up, kiddo. Amen to that. <laughs> All right, everyone. <laughs> Thank you so much, Cody. Thank you, Tony. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Leadership Guide. Please make sure to go on to your favorite player of choice and there, rate the show, then subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Then, if you truly want to be a legendary leader, Share this episode with someone that you know will be impacted because legendary leaders fuel not only themselves, but others as well to their heroic potential. If you want to unlock your heroic potential faster, then you will want to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders who are dedicated to unlocking their heroic potential, unlocking the heroic potential of others, and where legendary leaders are born. The League of Legendary Leaders also has a goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofits that are actively undertaking causes to impact the future in areas including homelessness, neurodiversity, character strength, positive psychological research, and more. Seize the call now. Go to www.theleadership.guide and click Get Free Guidance Now to propel you on your journey to legendary leadership. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, and I'm honored to have spent this time with you today. My final message for you, and listen closely, it's time. Wake up your heroic potential. Let go of your fears and anxieties, and let's discover what is possible on your journey to become a legendary leader. Emerge and become who you were meant to be.